Look on page three of your worship guide, please. I'm going to be reading these very familiar words. So tune in, please, to this reading of the very word of the living God. From Luke chapter two, beginning of verse one. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found. Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The title of this morning's message is The Meaning of Xmas. Let's pray. O Lord our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as you in this hour have inhabited the praises and prayers of your people, so may you now inhabit the preaching of your word. Show us your glory, we pray. Amen. A friend of mine is a software developer who um, created a Bible program. I think when it was first launched, it was called um, QuickVerse. QuickVerse. Uh, but now it's called Parsons Technology and it's published through uh, Liridian Software. 
And so this friend of mine with this, he does regular marketing campaigns through email blasts and social media campaigns. And he posted on Facebook a, about a customer who complained about one of his ads. Uh, the customer took exception to a discount code that my friend had promoted. And the promotion went like this. Whatever you buy, you get a certain percent off if you put in this promo code. And the promo code was Xmas18. Xmas18. Well, this person who contacted him took exception to that, saying, why are you crossing Christ out of Christmas? Uh, and said, that's not appropriate for a Christian organization to say Xmas. Well, my friend, uh, who's not the most patient person in the world, but he, he handled himself very well here. I was impressed. He explained to the customer that X, in Xmas, X actually has a long-standing tradition in Christian publishing. Uh, back before the uh, invention of the printing press, what you would do is you would go to a scriptorium and you would see all these scribes in this scriptorium who would be meticulously copying, copying the scriptures, copying the word of God so very carefully. And one of the words in the New Testament particularly that was, um, that was frequent was the word Christ. And the Greek for Christ is Christos. And the first letter of Christos is a chi, which looks to us in English like an X. So a transliteration of that chi is an X. So whenever the scribes would come and find Christ, they would put an X, standing for Christos, chi. And they would do the same thing, for example, with theos, God. And they put a theta there, theology kind of thing. So... X is a Christian symbol of sorts. It's Xmas is scribal. We could put it that way. It's scribal. It's shorthand for Christmas, Christmas. But that's only if you understand it that way. Because Christmas, Xmas, can mean different things to different people depending on on the point of view. Well, this morning I want to mention four possible point of views. Points of view. That's better. Four different understandings of X in Xmas. The first point of view sees the X as erasing Jesus. Here's Christman. Crossing out Christ. Xing him out. It's just like when you go to the beach and you see that sign before you head on the boardwalk before you head out onto the beach, uh, and it says hey, no dogs, no dogs allowed. And you've got a picture of a dog; it's got a big X through it, or no smoking, a big X through it. And that's what this point of view does: is it crosses out Christ. We might call this the atheist point of view. If you were going to go to, to uh, the Illinois State Capitol building in Springfield, um, you would see a nativity scene you know, with a manger and Jesus and Mary, Joseph, the donkeys, all that. And right on that display, right by the display of the nativity scene, 
you would find a four and a half foot statue known as, it's called this, Knowledge is the Greatest Gift. You've got the nativity scene, the side of the statue, name of the statue, Knowledge is the Greatest Gift. And the, and the statue is this. It depicts a forearm of a woman. And around this forearm is wrapped a snake. And in the woman's hand is an apple. And of course, what's that pointing, pointing to? It's pointing to the Garden of Eden. It's pointing to Eve and the temptation by the serpent. Now, the goal of this statue is evangelistic. It's to proselytize. It's to invite others into a point of view. In fact, in the Capitol Rotunda, there's a sign that says this. Religion is but myth and superstition that hardens hearts and enslaves minds. Religion is but myth and superstition that hardens hearts and enslaves minds. And so the idea behind this sign, the idea behind this statue, where it is, all that, is to proclaim freedom to the captives and liberty to the oppressed. Freedom from religion. Liberty from religion. Now, who would put up such a statue? Well, the statue was put up by the Chicago-based satanic temple and the satanic temple received permission to put up this display because they are called they are they are identified as a religious organization and so they have as much right to that public space as does the nativity scene so this x in christmas this point of view is basically anti-Christ. It's crossing out Christ. Now, how would this point of view look at what we just read in Luke chapter 2? How would the atheistic point of view regard what we just read? Well, it would take it and see it as nothing but myth. Maybe a lie. Maybe poison. To the population. Now, for each one of these song, uh, each one of these points of view, I'm going to suggest a song that I think fits well. I'm saying you're going to agree with me, but you've got your own ideas. The song that I picked for this atheistic point of view is "Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer." There, there's nothing about Christ, but there is danger in believing. In fact, it could slay you. All right, that's the first point of view, the one that crosses out Christ. So the X is actually removing Christ from Christmas. All right, how about another point of view? The second point of view sees the X as the signing on the dotted line when you buy stuff. The signing on the dotted line when you buy stuff. It's just like when you, you go and you buy a car or something. I'm sure all of you have cars in your stockings this Christmas. 
you, you, and the salesman will say, well, we've got all the people working here now. Here, buy this X. This is where I want you to sign. And this point of view, we might call the commercial point of view. So it understands, it looks at Christmas, looks at Xmas, and sees that commercial thing where you sign as a commercial point of view. Now, this point of view looks at Christmas as purely secular. Purely, it's a time for people to buy and buy and buy, businesses to boom, and the fun is in the hunt for gifts. And there are many people who go to the, the shopping temple this time of year, the mall, so-called because it malls your bank account. Now, this point of view is organically connected to, good, to I want to say Good Friday. It's not. It's Black Friday. Organically connect, connected to Black Friday. Now, Black Friday is called Black Friday. Why? Because it's when businesses who can run in the red actually turn a profit. So they move from in the red uh, financially to in the black. My, uh, my mother-in-law... Uh, she uh, used to have a little store in Westchester called the Purple Onion. And when my wife Linda and I were in college, uh, we would go and work sometimes for her during busy times. And of course, one of those busy times was the Christmas time. And it was just amazing. You'd, you'd have these little, this little trickle of income you know, during the year. But when Christmas time came, you had these monstrous, relatively speaking, receipts you know, for the days leading up to Christmas, and that's kind of the way it works. That's what Black Friday is about. It's, it's organically connected to Christmas. Is that you move from the, the red to the black. Now, this point of view sees Christmas as a time to party. It's a time for, these are good things, a time for family and sentimentality, festivity, and this, this point of view will speak of this. It will speak of protecting the true meaning of Christmas. We need to remember the true meaning of Christmas. The question is, though, what is the true meaning of Christmas? Well, this point of view would say the true meaning of Christmas is about, it's about love, and about family, about giving, caring for the needy, and so all of it, it warms our hearts when we hear, you know, these people going in and paying off these Walmart layaways. And that's, that's nice. It's, it's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to them. And it it's warms the heart to hear these things. Now, how would this point of view, this commercial point of view, look at the passage that we read in Luke 2? Well, I think it would include the story of Luke 2, right there alongside Chris, uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol or Jimmy Stewart's movie, A Wonderful Life. It's just part of the, the fabric of festivity that belongs to the season. All right, now what's a representative song for this one? Well, what occurred to me is this. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's the song. Because you've got kids jingle belling and everyone telling you to be of good cheer. Friends come to call. 
and hearts are glowing as loved ones come near. That's fun. What about the third point of view? The third point of view takes that X in Christmas and it sees it as Christ. It's not the X on a dotted line. It's not the X of marking Christ out. It's the X of Jesus Christ. But it sees Christ in this way, more as holy wrapping. That's W-R, not R-A-P-P-I-N-G. Holy wrapping. We might call this the religious point of view. The religious point of view. And what it'll do is it'll look at Luke 2 and it'll see the characters there. It'll see Mary and Joseph and the baby and the angels and the shepherds. And it will say that these are need to be included as characters of Christmas. And so it suggests this. It says that there is, there is an historical narrative behind this. Now, when I say religious wrapping, let me give you an example. I heard an ad, heard many ads this Christmas season, as I'm sure you have, but I heard, uh, heard an ad for Pajamagram. Now, Pajamagrams, evidently, I don't have one myself. I did not order one for my wife, but evidently these pajamas are soft as a bunny on the inside and silky to the touch on the outside. And that the commercial will build this up and then as it comes to a crescendo, it'll say this. The ad says, and the best part is you don't have to wrap it. And I'm thinking, now, by the way, this is a marketing technique nowadays. You know, the best part is free shipping. And I think, what, really? I would think the best part would be the pajamas and how great they are. I mean, the best part is you don't have to wrap it. You might as well give them a pine cone. Wrapped. You know, there's something out of whack with those commercials, a little misplaced. And that's the way it is with the religious point of view. You know, Christmas observance, in this point of view, keeps the religious imagery. But not necessarily with the redemptive reality. You know, it's more about the appearance, the wrapping, rather than the actual so this point of view keeps the religious dimension in view and actually fights to keep Christ in Christmas. But it can be very seasonal. and something that can be put away when you put away the trees or put away the lights. Well, how would Luke 2 look in this point of view? This religious point of view. Luke 2 becomes a story to be read as tradition. It kind of reminds you of those who, you know, when Veterans Day comes around, they want to make sure that you realize what Veterans Day is all about. There's an historical point of reference. And in this point of view, it says we want to, don't want to forget what Christmas is all about. How about a, how about a representative song? Uh, the one that occurred to me, again, you might differ. The one that occurred to me is Away in a Manger. And the reason is, is because one of the lines in there is, no crying he makes. And you say, what kind of kid is this? Is this a human kid? 
Did Jesus really have true and full humanity? No crying he makes? No diaper needs to be changed? What's going on here? You know, it seems very tailish, doesn't it? It seems fanciful. All right, so three point of views we cover. Three, three different interpretations of the X in Xmas. The X could be could point to an atheistic point of view, which is anti-Christ, cross-Christ at a Christmas. Or the X could be speak to a commercial sign on the dotted line, secular, where it says something about a true meaning of Christmas, but that true meaning is something different than what the Bible teaches. Or the third X, which is religious, where people might not go to church all year, but they want to be there on Christmas because it's important to, for tradition. Well, how about the fourth point of view? Fourth point of view sees the X of Xmas as the Christ of God, the promised Messiah. So the X becomes that Chi, the first letter to Christos, saying this is the Christ of God. Now, this is the point of view of redemption. What it does is this. It takes the whole, whole story, the whole of history, from Genesis 3.15, where God promised the seed of the woman to be born who would crush the head of the serpent. And it celebrates when it hears these words in verse 10 of Luke 2. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day. No more waiting, no more anticipating, no more looking forward. Unto you is born today. It happened. Christmas Day has come. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, this point of view doesn't just see a crash. Another name for a manger scene. Took me a while to learn that, actually. This point of view doesn't see just a crash. It sees a cross. Because it sees this one born of Mary came clothed in true and full humanity on a mission. And that mission involved a cross. Something that we remember every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper. The one born of Mary has come on a mission of remission to save his people from their sins. It knows the context. It knows the whole story of the promise of God that grew and was explained through the Old Testament until it bursts on the scene in the fullness of time in human history. It knows of the eternal Son of God who took on true and full humanity to stand in the place of sinners so that he could live for them and die for them and be raised for them and reign on high for them 
and will one day return for them to take those for whom he died to be with him where they will be forever and ever. All right, how does this uh, point of view look at Luke 2? Well, I think it looks at Luke 2 with wide-eyed wonder at God's amazing love. It hears Luke 2 as the voice of God giving a birth announcement through his angelic messengers, a birth announcement of covenant promise. As they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This point of view understands what Christmas is all about, but also understands that the meaning of Christmas makes it a message. The meaning makes it a message. And that's why we see this news of God brought to the shepherds. And that's why we see the shepherds doing what in verse 17? And when they saw the baby, when they saw what the angel had said to them, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. See, if you, if you understand the meaning, it's something, you know, it's something to make known. All right, how about a representative song? Anything that Becky would pick for this evening. For me, I picked a couple. Joy to the world, just we sang. Because the joy of the world says, the Lord is come. Or hark the herald angels sing that says, God and sinners reconcile through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's news to be spread. All right, four views. But here's the question that God would ask you this morning. Here's the question that God presses upon us in this season. What do you believe about Christmas? What does that X of Xmas mean to you? Now, I'm not saying that these point of view, these points of view are mutually exclusive. I'm not saying that if you believe that Christmas is about Jesus as the Christ of God, that you can't enjoy silver bells, whatever it might be, or you can't put a manger scene on your front lawn, or you can't attend a, an ugly sweater party. But I'm saying this, that unless you understand that Jesus, understand Jesus is God incarnate to save, unless you understand that, then you miss God's message. We often hear things like keep Christ in Christmas or Jesus is the reason for the season. Those are wonderful, valid statements, but we need to know who that Jesus is that is the reason for the season. We need to know why he came, what all the fuss is about, that he is the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus of Luke 2, who came in fulfillment of promise, in fulfillment of prophetic word, and in fulfillment of God's purpose to save sinners. So this Christmas, 
as you get together with family and friends, I encourage you to do this. I encourage you to pray for opportunities to share this good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Or it says in Scripture, for all who will believe. And when I say share that, I don't mean confrontationally. I mean conversationally. As you talk about Christmas. Because we know this, that all who trust in the Christ of Christmas, all who trust in the Christ of Christmas will know this, the joy of sins forgiven and the sure hope of life everlasting. And there is no greater gift. Let's pray.